welcome to the island. My name is Marek Wawinski, I'm partner at the island, and we are excited to inaugurate a series of online talks, starting with The Future Begins Now, When Art Meets On-Chain Technology. Have you ever felt that the art world would benefit from being reimagined? We felt that when creating the island. The island exists at the intersection of art and technology and offers a welcoming and stimulating environment for artists, collectors and audiences, welcoming everyone. We are dedicated to exploring the potential of on-chain art, reimagining the art world by building upon traditional art knowledge and interdisciplinary partnerships. At the island, we have three aims. To build bridges between traditional art and tech communities. To foster the future-facing conversations about art and innovative technologies. And most importantly, to create a welcoming, inclusive space to learn about the possibilities of on-chain. Today, we are delighted to have two distinguished guests, Auronda Scalera and Alfredo Cramerotti, who have been working on the intersection of traditional art and digital art for quite a while. Dr. Alfredo Cramerotti is a cultural entrepreneur, curator, writer, broadcaster, and publisher, working at the intersection of contemporary art, the verse, film, video, performance, photography, mass media culture, and online media formats, including the blockchain technology. Alfredo is director of Mostyn, the leading institution for contemporary art in Wales, co-director of Infinity Art Museum, the first blockchain-based art museum, co-founder of XXNFT publishing platform dedicated to women and female identifying artists working with NFT and crypto arts. He's president of International Association of Curators of Contemporary Art and executive member of International Association of Art Critics and the International Council of Museums. He's also the advisor to the British Council Visual Arts Acquisition Committee, the UK Government Art Co Collection and the Art Institutions of the 21st Century Foundations. He was member of the selection committee for both the British Pavilion and Malta Pavilion for the Venice Biennale 2017, as well as the Estonian Pavilion at the Venice Biennale 2015. He holds a PhD in communication design and photography from the European Center for Photography and is a visiting lecturer at major universities and art colleges throughout Europe and the Americas. Auronda Scalera plays a significant role in contemporary art and Web3. She's an art curator, art consultant, speaker, entrepreneur, and global ambassador of art and culture with over 20 years of experience. She lives and works between London, Dubai, and the Metaverse. Recently, Sky TV, CNBC, interviewed her, among others, like Refik Anadol, Luciano Fioridi, Oxford professors, exploring the AI, art, and museums. As a leading expert, Auronda has been invited at the UK Parliament by the all-party parliamentary groups to provide evidence and discuss Metaverse and Web3 developments. The New York City Journal named her among top 20 inspiring women in 2023. She participated in discussions on the occasion of the World Economic Forum in Davos about Web3 and Metaverse. She's the co-founder of XXNFT, a curatorial and publishing platform focused on diversity and technology to empower women to shape the world. Last year, she was appointed 
the co-director of the Infinity Art Museum, the first ever evolving museum of contemporary art on the metaverse. Currently, she's curator at Super Rare Space and is also working on the next Venice Art Biennale 2025 uh, as the curator of the Decentral Art Pavilion. Auronda, Alfredo, thank you for being with us today. It's a huge pleasure to host you. And before we delve into anything else, I've been wondering what your first days working with Web3 and on-chain art look like. Can you reveal how your journey started? Would you uh, mind starting, Auronda? Yeah. Hi, Marek. Thank you to invite me. Yes, uh, my journey started a really long time ago during the university because I studied digital art. And then I put on my side because uh, at the time, uh, digital art was not the hype uh, at the moment. <laughs> and then three years ago, um, I was in Dubai and um, there was there all the community about uh, digital art and NFT, and they involved me in their community. And I start again. I started again to to study and to explore uh, digital art and to discover new artists. And that's exactly how we, I started. Like my start happened like two times. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks for having actually uh, us, Marek. It's really, really exciting. Um, from my side, actually, I I, I had a kind of a similar path um, uh, because I, I studied uh, media and design, and um, so I was involved with with you know kind of a net art and uh, and sort of online projects since the nineties, really. And uh, and always been kind of a keeping a foot in contemporary art and the foots somewhere else, and that somewhere else actually included television, radio, web project, and uh, and and those kind of a sort of a parallel fields, let's say, to art. And for, so for me, actually, when uh, when uh, when actually I met with Oronda and we started to talk about actually collaborating together. Um, in uh, in the field of digital art, it was, was kind of a natural progression from those sort of uh, media fields to the to the new sort of uh, exciting um, areas, which involves actually crypto art and blockchain based art and immersive generative and all this kind of advanced technology uh, sector. Let's say that sounds very exciting. The very beginnings and what you both have mentioned speaks to a bigger point, and I've been wondering. From a curatorial perspective, when working with a range of artists coming from both traditional and native backgrounds, how does on-chain art development differ from traditional art creation from your perspectives? What is the biggest advantage and what is the largest challenge for embracing on-chain tech in art practice? Alfredo, perhaps we could start with you as you, you come from the very traditional um, perspective. Oh. Yeah, from uh, yeah, from an, an institutional perspective, to some extent, uh, to me the most actually um, biggest advantage that I can see uh, with uh, native digital artists, so to speak, is the fact that their work don't really need a further validation of all the gatekeeping st structure, of which I'm part of it <laughs> in a way. Um, so the, the, it was interesting for, for, for us to discover that actually when, you know, the first collector of, uh, of, of artists are actually other artists because 
they produce war, they, they kind of release the war, they drop, they, they kind of publish, whatever you want to call it. And uh, and the first actually group to validate the work and to to not only to accept it and to to uh, feedback uh, on it, but also to 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 purchase it. It's actually their their peers, their colleagues, which something that never really was such a, a strong element in the contemporary art work. In the contemporary work, you always had this kind of a hierarchical structure in a way. Um, which is a multi is a multi layer. So you go from you know the, the you go to art school maybe or, or or maybe you don't go to art school but you sort of a frequent artist context, and then you you started to work uh, and and produce art and you 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 show the first times in your kind of a friends sort of a artist run spaces and then slowly the smaller gallery and then the bigger gallery and then the the private collector maybe and then the public collector so there is a there is a lot of steps actually to take and somehow the on chain um technology aspect in our practice has disrupted that because uh suddenly actually if you are an artist that that, that working on a laptop or whatever and uh, and whatever you are geographically speaking you can connect directly with your sort of a collectors and uh, and and the people who are supporting you actually which can be anywhere in the world so you don't really have to be um placed in those contemporary art hubs uh, and and metropolitan areas where there are some art scene you can actually be anywhere and that's for me was a big realization that that's what it was really exciting actually to discover this whole art production field that it didn't really go through the normal channels. I really like the point of channels that you mentioned, specifically now speaking with Auronda, who lives between London, Dubai and the metaverse. Auronda, would you like to expand on that? Um, yeah, yeah, okay. Um, then for me, for example, the big difference between uh, art on chain and uh, traditional art for sure is that NFT is created digitally. Then uh, uh, it's not a painting, a sculpture, a photography. Then uh, uh, you can sold this uh, NFT online. That means that it's accessible to a global audience and can be easily shared and distributed compared with a, a sculpture. And, um, and this is completely in contrast to traditional art, which may require physical gallery space. Uh, uh, digital art require only a, a space online. Uh, if you then the community start creating digital art online without gallery, and when they en- enter the space of a contemporary art with galleries, they didn't know how how they work. Um, and there are so many uh, advantages uh, embracing NFT because um, uh, give the opportunity to the artists to showcase their art and uh, reach a wide audience independently from galleries. And uh, they can reach collector without uh, a dealer, without gallery. Uh, they can be totally independent. You touched upon two points here, um, among others. It's interconnectedness and the necessity yeah. of validation. So yeah. I think that the key thing to remember is that we are all immersed in, in different systems, in different environments. How does the medium of on-chain art allow for expanding the role of museums? And I think now specifically about public museums, as we have 
UR thread on this panel, and staying relevant in the digital age and when interacting and as you mentioned, Aurunda, interconnecting and building relations with new audiences. Perhaps, Alfredo, if you could start about this museum context um, and working with audiences within the museum context. Yeah, it is um, very much a, a great opportunity for museums because um, since some decades, I would say, uh, museums worldwide really, what they're striving for, what they're really, really hungry for is actually to connect with new audiences, specifically new demographics um, and of young people, obviously, because not only actually for an educational point of view, obviously, because art can bring in different perspective on um, society issues. And, uh, and that's an important um, learning and engagement and educational aspect of it. But also, practically speaking, because the new audiences and, and, and younger audiences will be the patrons of tomorrow for these museums. Um, so there is obviously a, a kind of a, a topical sort of a need for institution, for cultural institutions to engage with these forms. And, um, and to me, there are actually a, a couple of things here. On one side, I mean, I'm part of the Plastate Network and uh, because it's most in this part of the Plastate Network, which is put together as an example, one country in the world, right? It's, a, it's, a, it's an institutional network of the 48 main uh, contemporary um, venues, let's say, contemporary publicly-funded publicly uh, arts museums and gallery. And uh, out of these 48, there are probably three or four or maybe five actually engaging with this new um, digital formats of arts production and presentation and distribution. Uh, so there is really a, a long way to go still, uh, but the potential is they're great because it's not only about fundraising. In most cases, what we are reading in the media is about, you know, one museum, um, any somewhere in the world actually digitizing one artwork of their collection and tokenizing the artwork and basically selling pieces of that digital representation uh, for uh, uh, for fundraising for the program, which is you know um, uh, all good and fair, um, but there is incredible potential in terms of uh, storytelling and engagement and reaching out to communities and and the same process of tokenization actually can uh, can allow the cultural institution to somehow distribute an ownership of what they do to a wider audience, which can be local. Uh, to them, or it can be actually remote. So th there is um, an incredible opportunity here to uh, precisely hit that sort of a goal that museums are striving since decades. Uh, it's just a matter of building that capacity and also, importantly, building that expertise, the in-house expertise in terms of um, you know curatorial uh, expertise in terms of uh, vision, in terms of infra technical infrastructures as well. Yeah, I totally agree. And uh, yes, NFT create a new opportunity for museum, in particular for a public museum to engage with new audience uh, in the digital age. Uh, because, uh, for example, the NFT community, some that lotto collector that we work together, they never enter in a museum before the NFT and the crypto world, let's say. And, um, and then NFT, uh, they offer this digital asset 
can that can be own or trade and um, and they can create uh, revenue to some museum and help them uh, to create a new collection and uh, give some benefit and membership to their own and um, and then um, you, then some museum for example even they are building the digital twin that is really important alfredo no Yes, it is actually. It's very much yeah. uh, as a the digital space as a as a as a as a venue basically. Just yeah. um conceiving the digital space as a venue as it as it was actually uh, an alternative venue or an additional venue or an expansion of a physical venue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. I think it's all about mutual understanding and working hand in hand and both of you touched upon two two aspects that really caught my attention, storytelling, Alfredo, and also the aspect of novelty, Aurelda. And on top of what we've been discussing so far, there is something else I think worth considering, namely how the intersection of art and on-chain tech is perceived by press. What are your feelings about how NFTs and digital art are being read at the moment in the media? And how may it may change in the near future? Uh, then uh, with NFT and crypto art, they are basically mixing up all the rules about contemporary art, about sales, exhibition and everything. Um, and then now NFT and digital art are receiving a lot of attention in the media, in particularly within the art world. Um, and some view um, is like a, a revolutionary way for artists to sell their digital uh, work while others criticize it as a bubble that we eventually burst. But I think that the, the truth is like in the middle because now the market is much more stabilized and um, the government, uh, they are trying to fit some rules to avoid this kind of uh, crash, let's say. And um, in general, the media coverage often emphasize the high price that some NFT have affected some auction and uh, there are some uh, excitement and some skepticism. But um, I think that step by step, uh, all the media will try to understand better this kind of environment and write something that is more more ma match with the reality about NFT. Yeah, hopefully. Yeah, hopefully. <laughs> I, I think hopefully soon actually. It's true. Uh, I mean the, the media that are kind of that are kind of bashing the whole yeah. crypto art world at the moment and uh, which is you know kind of a, they, they just go for the big highlights here. Uh, but I do, uh, we do think actually that there is, you know, the, the, the blockchain technology as such, it's, uh, it's, it's incredibly, um, solid and innovative and, uh, and, uh, and strong technology, which is not just applied to the art. I mean, it will sort of, uh, uh, determine how we deal with normal procedure in life, like, you know, buying a house or, or, or a car or tracking our utilities. I mean, it's, it's all actually, there and so there has so many aspects that you know kind of art is is using it but it will be some sort of a a technology which is you know stays with us for the future independent of the you know nft speculation or not 
and uh, and we do. I mean, I think I can also uh, speak on, on your behalf, Roland. I think because we we yeah. we're working together on it, and you know, it, it was actually kind of a good thing that uh, the the hype about the NFT market kind of a calm down, and uh, to to some extent it crashed, and then it's kind of rebuilding slowly. Which is rebuilding in a very, in a much solid, uh, more solid and and effective way because the the people who, you know, the artists and and the creative who has something to say, they are still using the technology, they are still producing art, they're still actually releasing their art, and collectors actually who recognize the work of these people who has something to say, they're still buying art. So it's it's something that is it started to kind of grow more organically rather than on a hype. And uh, so th- I think it's is a is a much sort of a healthier uh, environment at the moment. Although it kind of a, it started from it restarted from a from a from a kind of a lower level in let's say in terms of value. How we will change in the future? I think it will. Um, I do think there is some sort of a merge going on slowly between. The contemporary and the, and the digital art world, in the sense that um, you know, have, after having disrupted all the hierarchies I was mentioning before of the of the of the legacy, so to speak, art world. And now there are a lot of these kind of uh, serious digital artists are actually uh, want also to occupy uh, part of that sort of a uh, legacy. So that they kind of you see, you know, artists, you know, kind of a big names like Rafik Anadol, for instance, but having this kind of a presentation in the, in the MoMA atrium in, in New York. And so you, you, you do have serious galleries, actually, uh, who are actually taking up uh, and signing up, actually, digital native artists and presenting their digital work in physical spaces as well as online. And, uh, and you do have, actually, um, established artists, contemporary artists that are not uh, digital native by actually expanding their their, their practice um, through digital means and uh, and through digital production and digital editions and, and, and series of NFT. And that's something that is really interesting because it shows that artists understand this kind of a um, new type of technology and they use it as a technology, they use it as a medium and uh, and they want to expand their their practice actually into that direction too. Thank you so much for such an insightful answer and bringing a range of perspectives to to the table. And let's keep our fingers crossed for that process to develop organically and in a sustainable manner. Speaking of processes, we started with your first steps on the on-chain art territory and before we open the floor to questions, I would love to hear what the most exciting projects you are currently working uh, on right now are. Um, uh, perhaps, Alronda, we could start with you. Yeah, thank you. Um, so I don't know if I can spoil, Alfredo. I spoil <laughs> these things. Well, do, do, we are, we are, do, yeah, do, do it. Do it. <laughs> do it. We, we, are, we are just <laughs> done with that we are just nominated uh, uh, curator for the next Art Dubai Digital, so to curate the main art fair about digital art in the world, then uh, this is the spoil today. <laughs> this is the exclusive news. Uh, exclusive only for the island. <laughs> <laughs> exclusive news, yes. 
Lose is news, yeah. Brilliant. And uh, we are working with Art Dubai now, then we are um, trying to uh, find gallery artist project uh, for the next 2024. Uh, we cannot spoil more. <laughs> But, no, we can't but, actually. We, can. we, we have we have great ideas maybe, actually. We yeah. have a great plans, so it's, yeah. we have to work on it to implement this plan. Yeah, yeah. And uh, secondly, we are prepared. We are organized this exhibition that is called Web Tourse, and um, is uh, an exhibition worldwide that uh, touches London, Dubai. Uh, New York, Manchester is about uh, the pioneer about uh, digital art, and we are trying to bridge uh, crypto art with uh, uh, digital art with pioneer work um, artists. And um, when we start, Alfredo, with this uh, exhibition in Miami, I we, think this summer. Yeah, yeah, we kick off at the end of August in Fort Lauderdale, uh, the Mad Arts Institutions, mm -hmm. and then uh, which is actually end of August, beginning of September. Then we go towards the end of October, twenty six. At the moment, is to be confirmed at the Modal Gallery, which is the Gallery of the School of Digital Arts here at the Manchester Metropolitan University in the UK. Then we go to Dubai uh, at the at the end of the year uh, in November, and then we proceed in London, New York, Chicago, Seoul, Hong Kong. So it's kind of a global exhibition. It's not a touring show. That's important to say. So there is this kind of a curatorial umbrella concept, which is web to verse. So from the 50s, 60s, mathematical patterns are to to crypto art now. Uh, but every iteration of the exhibition will be different with a different list of artists and co-curated with uh, associate curators in place in local, which I think it's uh, it's some sort of a new model of exhibitions, uh, which are really, really excited to, to, to have kicked off. Yeah, because if you want to, to see all the exhibition, yes, you have to visit basically all the, the place in the world. <laughs> so instead because, of having yeah. a mega exhibition of 200 artists you, we have 10 exhibitions of 20 artists each and you have to join the dots and, yeah <laughs> and maybe. different curator with this very background exactly exactly that's yeah. absolutely thrilling you can already imagine that all inclusive crews are around the world you know from an exhibition to an exhibition um yeah Premium. And then we are working on, if I can say, also a bit of a spoil, but you already spoiled it actually in the introduction. We are working on the next, the Central Art Pavilion of the Venice Biennial, presented during the Venice Biennial 2024, the 6th edition. Mm -hmm. And the Central Art Pavilion uh, did a kind of a pilot project to last year, actually in 2022 and, uh, and it was a great success um, and so this year basically they asked us to to, to curate the, the, the kind of a further iteration uh, in 2024 and we are working on that one too which will open at the end of April. What a plan for this and upcoming years. <laughs> Thank you so much Aurond and Alfredo for sharing uh, your insightful stories and the plans for the near future. And I would like to open the floor to questions now, if there are any. I'm pretty sure that there is someone interested in learning more about you and your perspectives on the NFT world. 
Hello. Hello, everyone. Uh, hello. hello, Anka. Hi. Hi. Uh, I'm Anka. Thank you for for having me. Uh, and uh, yeah, it was uh, first of all congratulations for all your upcoming projects and uh, yeah, curatorial projects in Dubai and for Venice as well. It's so exciting. Um, also, it is very it's wonderful also to. Uh, uh, to see how you experience the beginning of the uh, NFT uh, and crypto art uh, from your like rather museum perspective and the various uh, phases you went through um, by discovering and like see how the artists uh, were uh, <clears throat> how the uh, how the whole production presentation and distributions of the artworks on blockchain change and went like you know outside of our traditional channels as a gallerist um and my gallery was founded in 2015 and he specialized in digital art uh, and art and technology and more recently in uh, decentralized technologies i went through similar phases i started working uh, with the artists in 2015 social media artists so before the artists working on the blockchain, uh, the social media artists like Signe Pierce and Molly Soda, we are working with, uh, were, uh, were having this like my experience all day uh, over online as well, which was quite unusual for gallery at that time to show artists whose work was already everywhere on YouTube, um, Instagram. And like very often people are asking me like, why do you show these artists and how do you sell their, these artists? And, why people would buy these artists. And I was saying in 2015, 2016, one day you will have your collection on your phone. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And, yeah. and like, as, as a very funny <laughs> story, last year during Proof of People in uh, London, which happened in uh, July 2022, I had one of, this cur of the curator, German curator, Annika Meyer, who is extremely active. He, she's a writer and also curator in digital yeah. art. Ah yeah yeah. She was yeah. she was here. We yeah we we are mod moderating several panels and she stayed at my place. And like the first night of the single night, she asked me she asked me she saw me her phone and she said, Anka, do you want to see my collection of NFTs? I said, Anita, <laughs> this is the moment as has I was been I I has been waiting for seven years. So <laughs> it was absolutely wonderful to see how. Um, yeah, how it's uh, very rapidly, I think in five, six years, how everything changed. And now having uh, one's collection online, as you said, working in the metaverse, having uh, shows online uh, accessible from everywhere in the world became uh, extremely, like, still niche, but common for some. Like, it's quite common now for, you know, people like you, uh, curators who work in this field for so many years. Um so, having said that, uh, I'm not sure I had a, a real question because I wanted to add like my input as a gallerist and like all these <laughs> Thank you, Anka. <laughs> so, thank you so much, Anka, for sharing that. It's a very valid comment to how we all. I think it touches upon the process that we discuss in relation to the perception from the media, but also from the traditional art world, you know, that the process has begun and it's very organic and it's it's just getting stronger. Yes, uh, yes, exactly. And it will, it will become very common because I, I think as well that NFTs, after the hype of NFTs, um, 
yeah, it will become a very much normalized um, because NFTs, we can sell, uh, you know, artworks, digital and analogs through NFTs. Like since 2021, uh, our gallery, like my gallery, we have been selling uh, paintings with blockchain registered certificate of authenticity. Um, so yes, it's, a, it's an example of how the blockchain it's is facilitating a number of things actually, not only the the production and presentation and and distribution of art, but also the services um, uh, connected to 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 art, which is you know authenticity, provenance, uh, and all that. Uh, know your customer, all that kind of a. Uh, layers of uh, services which are actually you not know, part of the legacy artwork so to speak they're kind of um, um gradually migrating on 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 chain because it makes much more sense it's is safer is more transparent is uh, is accessible and and it costs much less i think we have one more um question coming from uh, one of the attendees Thank, thank you very much for this overview. And I, I was wondering if I could put you on the spot, yeah. spot a little bit. And, you know, it may be a bit uncomfortable, but I, but I was wondering, like, who, if you could list some of your favorite digital artists at this stage that uh, may perhaps beyond the sort of the obvious blue chip artists that, are, that have attracted already a lot of uh, attention and, and reasonably high prices, but uh, perhaps something from you know in between the two worlds with some traditional art artistic practice who are experimenting any particular names that you think are particularly promising for for the listeners to listen to 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 follow that's a very much a collector's question yeah for me for <laughs> sure then for me i don't know uh, Fredo, if you agree it's genesis sky yeah, uh, she's one of the yeah, or my but not only my favorite. I think the, definitely that she's uh, one of the artists of the future. Then uh, there is uh, Katy McIntyre, uh, Florentia Brooke. Uh, Florentia Brooke. Uh, I don't know. I would, yeah, I would yeah. add also those those kind of uh, NFT artists who have. Uh, practice uh in between digital and 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 3d like proper architecture like uh, uh, six and five and for instance or or pillar z as well um yeah if you agree i mean th there are actually names which are uh, you know they don't go for the uh, for the for the amounts that you can see and the media report actually on on auction uh, sales, but they really have a very kind of an incredibly mm. so solid career with major commissions from uh, from cultural institutions as well as uh, as brands, and uh, and they do have a, a a very very strong work. Okay, thank you. You're welcome. Thank you. Um, I might have a question. <laughs> If it's still, if we still have time, yeah, absolutely, please. Yes, well, I, I, we, we just touched at the beginning. You just touched at the beginning about the exact the the presentation of uh, the production, the presentation which was going online, like through the blockchain on the different marketplaces uh, or, or selected platforms for curated uh, crypto art. How do you see and like how do you? How, how would be the presentation? Like, what what is your approach? to present NFT artworks in uh, in the physical space? 
knowing that my gallery is a digital became a digital gallery last year, so we have two spaces: one um, one physical space and one virtual reality gallery, which is like a one thousand square meter space, which became a permanent space since our first exhibition in twenty twenty two. And um, yeah, so like I, I I'm really curious how how do you see that because digital mm. art presented on screens for so many years um the, yeah we need we need that, to go a bit yeah, beyond yeah, yeah. that i think i'm asking <laughs> that because yeah. the thank you on the blockchain and you can buy them online and when they are shown on screens there is a, a small issue for me because they are offline and yes yeah, so how do you see the future of the presentation of um this kind of works which are online Thank you, Anna, for this question, because we, every time, we're wondering how to not be boring with all this screen next to each other, to the same sides. Uh, therefore, us, is really <laughs> something that we cannot question. see. It's an important question. Um, then, for example, in our exhibition, we try to uh, mix screen, but not only screen, because it's not that digital art can be exposed only on screen depending on the artist even if they want to i don't know make um, some um, then they can use other kind of stuff uh, honestly and not only next to each other yeah they can use wearables for instance that's also kind of a a, yeah. a, 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 a very interesting trends and uh, yeah you can you know, uh, as, you know, solution are, you know, infinite. I mean, as a, as a curator, there's no difficult spaces. There is only good ideas. And mm. so basically what you, it depends of the, of the narrative you want to transfer to the viewers as well. Uh, where, where is, what, what do you want the viewer to experience? What is actually the path for the viewer? What, what do you want actually the question to be? uh first and foremost and and the possible answer so it's all depending on that as well so yes you do have screens of various uh size and shape uh, and uh, and by screen i mean it could be digital canvas like uh you know monitors super thin monitor whatever or led walls or media walls you can integrate with projection you can integrate wearables for instance you can you can even actually you know uh going through the the up route for instance i remember i think it was 2015 i curated the film and video expo at expo chicago and uh, and one of the pieces that i i selected for the show it was actually an app it was from uh, oh gosh i forgot the name now i think it was douglas gordon i think um that he did actually this app called vancouver 2049 whatever it was and actually, the piece, the art piece, which actually was also on sale, it was it was the app, which you know you could download on your mobile and 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 watch it as a story, basically, in in an in between uh, a video book and and uh, and um, and some sort of a video game somehow. Uh, so you know you, you don't have a specific uh, recipe for how you want to engage the viewer. It depends of the. Of the premises of the exhibitions and uh, and and the dialogue you have with the artists. Thank you very much. Yeah, I just have a question. What do you mean exactly by uh, wearable? Do you mean headset or head or? No, I was more thinking. I don't know you around actually, but I, for me, I was more thinking about kind of a, you know even clothes and you know clothing and and garments and 
and and then kind of a uh, accessories actually that's you know it might be some sort of a watch rather than a piece of jewelry which is somehow uh shaped into a form of digital artwork i don't know i'm i mean i'm i'm just kind of expanding my uh, there there are some wearable that w- with the war and the eye they can uh, interact with people for example or uh, for example you can touch something and feel with some wearable then it's like a mix you can touch uh, i don't know the artwork with the body of the artist or you can have the the the, the kind of a wearable suit which are basically connected with your sort of a skin as well, and that interact with the with the work of the artist. So you know there are a number of possibilities. Some of them are much more complicated than others, obviously. Uh, but you know it's it's a journey. So it's uh, probably we're not quite there yet. But you know the 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 the, the route and the and the road is is long and promising. And on that note, I'm really curious what the exhibitions that you're working on will look like, specifically Art Dubai, as you know, you have so many different walls and spaces to curate while working on it. Very exciting. Thank you so much, Auron and Alfredo, for taking the time to be part of our inaugural discussion. And also thank you, everyone, for tuning in. I think that it's valid to state that the future truly begins now. And as we are wrapping up, I'm thrilled to announce our upcoming talk, Building an Art Collection. We will focus on how to build a great private collection on or off-chain by learning from two prominent collectors, Jean-Michel Payon, chairman of the Ledger NFT Art Advisory Board, and Sebastian Montabonel, CEO and Artistic Director at the Island. The talk will be moderated by Oliver Legris, founder and CEO at Curve. Save the date. This coming Thursday, 11th of May at 5.30 p.m. UK time. Thank you once again and good afternoon, good evening and good night. Thank you so much, Marek. Thank, thank you. you. All. Thank you all.